It's that time of the year where it's hot. It's hot. Gnats is bad. Flies is bad. We really don't want to get out in the garden. We're harvesting. We'll go up there late in the afternoon. It's kind of a pain time, but we're going to get through, but we got about two to three weeks of intense heat, dry weather coming. Heat index 109 mm -hmm. today. Yep. And it's fried tomato time. I mm -hmm. mean, time to eat fried tomatoes. We cooked last night at 10 o'clock. We was in there cooking okra. <laughs> Baked in the oven. It's Baked in the okra. Way. So it's, it's that harvesting time, but it's also that time that the, the weather really taxes us and brings us down just a little bit. Mm. we got to push through because there's still things to do in the garden. Right? Right. Right. Speaking of that, sunflowers. Mm. Flower of the week. Do you know what kind of sunflowers these are? These are pro cuts. And black oil. And black oil. Oh, I didn't realize you had some black oil in there. There's a few. It is sunflower time. And there's nothing I love better than sunflowers. So what I did this year was I had all, I took my extra plots early on and I put them in pro cuts. So we would have these sunflowers at this point of kind of a little time where we needed to brighten up a little bit when we went out in the garden. How about that? Welcome everyone to the Row by Row Garden Show, the best dead gum gardening show on the radio and the internet as well. Thank you for joining us this evening. We're enjoying some bounty out of our garden and we're going to be talking about tomatoes because you know what? Tomatoes are coming in and tomatoes are frustrating to grow, but they are one of the most enjoyable things out of the garden. And we're going to do a little twist on the taste test this year. Really? Mm-hmm. Hall's here. What's your favorite mayo? Dukes. Dukes. Okay. So I've got six different mayos here. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see if you can pick out Dukes. Y'all are going to put me to the yeah, test on Not this right show. now, but yeah. stay tuned and let's see if Hoss really knows his Dukes. I really I really think Dukes is the best mayonnaise, and I've said that on and off, and they really called me out on that. They said, can you really tell the difference? I said, we'll put it to a taste test and see. So that's what we're going to do. If you can tell, my voice is still just a little <sighs> raspy here. Yeah. We was out last week. Yeah. If you missed us, we were out. Um... Had the junk. We had went ever since the beginning of the junk and, and steered clear of it. We'd done our thing. And mask, we, mask. Everything. We went to a meeting at uh, the happiest place on earth down in Florida. Mm -hmm. And all three of us come back with the junk. Yeah. We were at an educational seminar and um, didn't come back happy. And it was rough. I know some people say, ah, nothing to it. But I was down for a good week. Well, I thought you summed it up best. I wouldn't wish it on nobody. Now, we didn't end up in the hospital or nothing. No. We did wrong, but I wouldn't wish it on anybody. I'm yeah. glad kind of we got it at the same time and got over it. Yeah, it's a little rough spending a whole week with yeah. you cooped up. It was a, it had an emotional toll on us. I'm sure <laughs> most of you have been through it out there, but uh, we were extremely ill one of for a couple of days. I'm, it was noticeable. We just couldn't even look at one another in the hallway. I, I didn't even want to, I didn't, it was terrible. But we got over it, everything got better, but uh, we was headed towards some rough times there. 
that was a rough few days there. Yeah, anyway, we're back. <laughs> but we're good. We're back. We're back, and we're and we're glad everybody in the office is healthy. Yeah, yeah. We didn't, as far as we know, spread it to anybody else. We only shared it between us. We quarantined like we should. Therefore, we had to cancel the show last week. That's the reason we didn't have a show. We didn't want to come out and say, but that was the reason why. And we did some. We did a live when we got back. My voice. My voice is still trying to catch up a little bit. Yeah. I'm doing better. Yeah. Yesterday was like the first day I felt halfway normal. Right. Today I'm good. I mm -hmm. think I'm back. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Good deal. So what's going on in your garden? Well, so this is a. Uh, it's just been an amazing year because I've done so many things different. One thing, and we've talked about this before, but we were we brought on this whole screen glaze thing back during the wintertime. And man, is this stuff, we're on our second crop now. We was out there yesterday afternoon, late you and I. I gotta pick them. And I planted a crop that will come in this time of the year just to see how heat tolerant they were. And we looked down there and then things are Low. Right. This week will be the test. Yep. This will be the test. Now, if you've ever grown green beans before, you know in this heat, they will throw the blooms off. For these things to continue to make at this point right now is amazing to me. And the foliage looks good on them. Mm -hmm. Now, I kept them treated. I kept them sprayed with fungicide and insecticide. So, and I babied them along. They don't drip irrigation and everything. But these things look really, really good. We got five pickings out of the last ones. Mm -hmm. The spring crop. Now, no doubt, we're not going to get that out of these. They're loaded. But to even get a couple good pickings out of them this time of year will, will amaze me. And that's the Hoss? Green Blaze. Hoss yep. Green Blaze. Okay. Edimami, which is a soybean that we're growing for the first time this year that I hadn't grown in several years. We brought a variety of those on, and man, those things are loaded too. I just checked them this morning, probably about a week. Okay. Yeah, and we'll be picking uh, soybeans out of the garden. Edimami. And if you've never tried those, it's a great snack to have. You just boil them in salty water. Delicious. They're really healthy. They are healthy. Especially for women in those hot flashes. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, Topiaz? Uh, Topazio. Topazio bean. Uh, I kind of did an experiment with that. I had a spot that I laid out and planted with that. Those are actually going to do better than the fall. I'm going to plant another crop in August because those do better than the fall. But I wanted to plant it and see how well they would tolerate the hot, mm -hmm. hot weather. And they're making, mm -hmm. but we're going to wait and see. I am definitely going to plant a fall crop for those, those tapasio beans, because we're going to put some of those up as dry beans. Watermelons ready? Watermelons are starting to come in. I got as public service announced to make right here. I have made a big boo-boo and I figured it out this morning. My watermelons hadn't been doing real good. And I was getting a little bit, I was getting upset. <clears throat> now this is going to come in handy for you guys out there because this is a mistake Hoss made to Hoss knew better, but he made it anyway. In the last couple of weeks, I maybe hadn't spent as much time scouting my garden as I should have. And my watermelons is on an outer patch there. And my irrigation, where I've turned my irrigation on, is probably a good 150 feet up. So I would walk by there and turn my irrigation on and I would not walk out there to check everything like I should. I noticed this morning my watermelons have not been getting water. The line was stopped up for the last two weeks. I thought I was watering. They've not been getting water. So that's why they're more of a personal size. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I went out there this morning. What happened was the filter got stopped up, completely stopped up. 
and I had to go out there this morning to clean the filter out and get everything working back again. I was frustrated at myself, but that just goes to show you got to keep an eye on these systems and check them filters and make sure they don't get stopped up because it was completely, it wasn't working at all. I've got one seedless watermelon. Mm -hmm. Yep, we're going to enjoy that. We're going to have a ceremony with you with one seedless watermelon. <laughs> I've got a good crop, they're just not real big, and I'm really frustrated that this water thing bothered me. We got Maggie running around back here today. <laughs> Maggie's our dog, you probably met her before, but she's wandering around the, uh, the set here. So, we're going to be talking about diseases and tomatoes, and we're going to give pretty much an overview of that, and maybe give some insight on that, because this year's been a hard year on you guys growing tomatoes. I don't know why it is, but disease pressure has been kind of tough this year, and that's unusual for a dry year like we've had to have all the disease pressure, but a lot of people have really struggled. Your tomato patch is awesome. My tomato patch is awesome. I did, uh, I did have some problems. I have got some problems. I intentionally grew some varieties in there that I didn't think was going to make it, and most of them didn't. So mm -hmm. uh, I had some, I had a lot of different trials going on there. We're trialing different disease packages against others and things like that. And it all pretty much turned out just the way I expected. We've got a really good crop of tomatoes, but if I had not planted disease-resistant varieties, we would be in sad shape. Halsinator. Halsinator has really stepped up. Um, That's what most of these are? Yeah, most of them right there are halsinators. I'm gonna tell you this right here. I talked to somebody this morning that grew them for the first time this year. And he said that he was impressed with the taste. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said the, the size of them. So I say the size of them and the taste is probably the two biggest common denominators that we see of the benefits of the Hulsinator. They are a big tomato and they have really good flavor to them. Of course, they have a great disease package with mm -hmm. them. So they've been good. Uh, I tested three varieties. And I'm gonna throw the Hulsinator in there because this is first year of screwing it. The Hulsinator did really good for us. I had another variety that we don't carry, that we may carry. I'm gonna have to do a little more work with it that has really done What's good. What's that? Uh, can you, can you, <laughs> <laughs> what is the pink? It was, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, it's a, it was the name of it was Rambler. Uh -huh. it, was a, it was a variety we don't carry called Rambler that, that impressed me. It didn't have the vigor that the Hulsinator's got, but it did make a good tomato. What I've got to do is make a selection. Does it have anything to offer that the Hulsinator don't? That's the, what I got, the way I got to view it. When we start choosing varieties, it's got to have something to offer that something else don't have. The Rambler has stood up well. It didn't have quite the vigor, but it's done really good. Now, at the end of the season, we'll really evaluate and see if it has anything to offer. Another one that right here is Pink Delicious. Now that is one of my favorites. Yeah, now this one right here, I can tell y'all, this is uh this is definitely a winner for us. Right yeah. This is uh this is that variety here that is an heirloom type hybrid. These are really good. It's a pink classified as a pink tomato. These disease packages being off the chain. They're not the most productive as far as putting on tomatoes, and that's just simple fact. Any of these heirloom types are not going to be that way. They did make a fair amount. I didn't have five or six plants. Mm -hmm. And yeah. we've eaten several of them off of them. This is definitely something we're going to carry next year. I've been, I've been really surprised and amazed at this variety right here. And if you guys was ever going to do a roadside stand, oh, yeah. this would be the tomato for you right here. Mm -hmm. So we've had some winners. Mm -hmm. We've had some losers. We had some varieties yeah. that, that didn't make the cut. Uh, I had a variety that I was really pulling for that... Uh, 
to get eat it. I'm gonna leave it right here. I'll make it easy. Mm -hmm. We had a variety I was really pulling for that just didn't make the cut. It really struggled. We have some more OPs that I wanted to see if I can grow here. The fact of the matter is other people can grow them in these more urban environments. This disease pressure that we have here at our host farm, they couldn't take it. But that's not saying they wouldn't thrive in other areas. But it's it's been an interesting year. Okay, let's talk about some common diseases. Yep. What's the most common? For me, we're going to start out with early blight. <clears throat> For me, early blight is my biggest problem here in the south. Now, early blight, and we may can throw up a picture here. Early blight looks something like this right here on the bottom leaves. I think I may have a bottom leaf here that's even better. Yeah, this one right here. This right here, and I'm not sure that's the one. I picked me up several different ones out there a while ago. I think I got a better one right here. Yep, it's right here. This one right here, you can kind of see. Now this could be, a lot of these leaves I show you could have actually two or three different problems. What happens with disease a lot of times, you'll have an initial infestation of a particular pathogen and that plant will get weakened and something else will jump on it. So it's possible you could have blight and you could have bacteria spec or you could have leaf spot all on the same plant. So you can't necessarily say, okay, I just got blight. You can have several different problems. As you see right here, this early blight has these these rings in the spots, and these spots can be on the stems or they can be on the leaves. I don't know if you can see it right there, but they'll be little, the word for it's concentric rings. But these rings will go around and around there. And you normally see this yellow in the leaf here. On early blight, we see that on the stems, we see it on the leaves, and we see it on the bottom of the foliage. What do you do about it? Okay, what I do for early blight is always do good rotation. Never plant your tomatoes back in the same spot. And that second thing I do is I stay under a strict pest control spray program. I like liquid cop, I like vegetable and ornamental fungicide. Any of those contacts, liquid cop is probably my favorite for early blight. That's the main two things you can do there is, is for early blight. Now most time you can grow your way out of early blight. You, you fertilize well, water well, keep that plant out there, then you can grow your way out of it. Some people want to go in there and prune those leaves off. Nothing wrong with that. You can do that. I don't necessarily. So do if it you time. touch this leaf and then touch a healthy one, does it spread? Uh, it might can, but that's not necessarily the way. Now bacteria spreads more like that through splashing, but the early blight didn't necessarily sp okay. spread that much like that. It can. Late blight is another one. Now we don't have a problem with late blight, but a lot of people do, and it's caused by high excuse me, cloudy days and high humidity. And it has also a detrimental effect on, on, the, on the plant as well. Same thing, don't get caught up in, in having to diagnose all these the same way the treatment's pretty much the same. Good fungicide program, good rotation, and keeping that plant healthy. If you keep that plant healthy, it can fight off diseases better, and that's part of your strategy. It's got a good, healthy plant to keep it plant. Now, leaf spot. Leaf spot is probably one of the most common things, and there may be a little bit on this one right here. If you see those little small specks, I don't know if the camera can pick it up or not, but leaf spot starts out as a little small speck on the leaf there, and it will get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it can cause some problems with the plant, not, you know, transferring and, and looking good and being healthy. Fungicide application on it, drip irrigation, keeping those, those leaves dry, and a good rotation there too uh, will help on those leaf spots. 
but you always you can you can tell that your leaf your regular leaf spot by that little small black spot that starts out. Bacteria spot is a uh, is a tough one here. We have some bacteria spot, but we don't have a lot. Uh, bacteria is hard to control once it gets started there. And it's one of those things that you're talking about touching. It can really spread by touching. And you get a lot of problem with bacteria spot. A lot of people like to prune the bottom of the leaves because that's splashing from that old diseased leaf underneath there back up on the head of the leaves can transfer that right there. So, so if you have that, you want to take that plant out? Or even at least prune it up and prune all that out and keep all the infected material away as much as you can there. Uh, you want to just be good and clean with bacteria as much as you can. Now let's get into the wilts just a little bit, because the wilts are kind of, they are really a problem. Uh, wilts, southern bacteria, and we got tomato spotted wilt virus. I've been told by some of the chemical reps in the past that there is some products out there that will help on that. And, and one of our products is complete disease control. Uh, the rep told me one time, as a drench, it would help with that. I'm not 100% sure that I've seen the results from that. I've tried it, but I'm not, I'm not going to tell you it works because I don't know. Most time with wilts, there's no, nothing you can do as far as a spray. When you got a wilt, it's on there. It's, it's gone. It's pretty much gone. If you get tomato spotted wilt virus, and I got one right here, and it's got all kind of other issues on it too. But see how it wilted over there? Now this plant was on pretty good size shape and it already put on fruit when it got infected. If these plants get infected when they're real young, they're gonna die pretty quick. But if they get mature on up and start getting fruits on them, they'll actually survive. They'll just look really, really rough, just like this one does. It's got chlorosis in the leaves. It's got all kind of, see the spots there, the leaf spots on the leaves, all kind of secondary infestations. It's got fruit on it, but they're not going to develop well. It's done. It's done. done. You just will go out there and cut it off, pull it up, and get rid of it because it's over with. Most of these viruses are spread by thrips or insects. So helping controlling those insects will help a little bit. The biggest thing with viruses is planting virus-resistant varieties. Make sure that you got a good one, such as the Halsinator, that has virus resistance. And that's basically the only way you're going to, that's the only way we can grow tomatoes where we live. Mm -hmm. That's basically the only way you're going to be able to uh, grow a decent crop. Now one this year that has really, there's a bug on that, popped up and I've had some issues with, I haven't had a lot of issues with before in the past, is tomato leaf curl. Damn. What you'll see on that is you'll see that curl in the top of the plant will curl up with leaf curl, like what we see a lot of times, and you'll see a yellowing aspect to it. And most time it just happens to the very top portion of the plant. So we've seen some of that. I've had a couple of my plants out there get that. Same thing with that. They use resistant varieties for that. Help control your insects and, and kind of go from there. So those are some of the major, major disease problems. There's two one we're going to talk about here that are physiological problems. Okay. And one of them is fruit cracking. Start peeling that one. Well, let me throw about this right here. This has got a little crack in there, but not much. You can see right there, fruit cracking. You got one up there that's got a pretty good fruit cracking on there. No, I don't 
Fruit cracking is when you get these big cracks in the top right there. Now back when I was a young man, when we grew tomatoes in the field, they all had them because we, all, we didn't have irrigation. With the advent of drip irrigation and some newer, better varieties, there's not near as much cracking as they used to be. Back when I was a young man, you did, it used to accept that it had cracking on there because it was going to happen, but we don't see near as much as that. What happens is when we get rain and when the plant gets a good bit of water into it, the, the outer part of the tomato can't handle. The inside tomato grows faster than what the outside can handle, and it splits there. And that's simply a physiological condition. We haven't had a lot of problem with that. We normally don't have a lot of problem. Well, we haven't had the water this year. But with the drip tape and keeping that plant watered on a good constant level, even if you do get a good bit of rain, will help alleviate that. So drip tape uh, helps with that fruit cracking. Good constant watering will eliminate that right there. You know, it just, it doesn't have an effect on the taste of the tomato. It just, sometimes they don't last as long because they will start rotting yeah. there. Yeah. Up there. The next one is blossom end rot. The dreaded. The dreaded blossom end rot. Um, had a lot of people this year complaining about blossom end rot, and and I'm gonna do. I think there needs to be more research done on blossom end rot. I think we're misdiagnosing some blossom end rot. I think some of our blossom end rot is some bacteria problems and things like that. And what you'll notice on blossom end rot, even if you do have a, a little bit of a case of it, it normally happens on that very bottom crop and it kind of clears up from there. Your middle crop and your top crop is not as affected near as much. A lot of information out there on blossom end rot, a lot of it is bad. We know blossom end rot is caused by not having enough calcium in that plant. Now that's, that's pretty deep when you try to dig into that. You got to move the calcium into the plant. Calcium is soluble is mobile in our soil system so you got to make that calcium available to the plant and to the fruit and it's got to be moved through there with water so even if you don't if you do have the calcium you don't have the water to move that calcium to that fruit you're not doing any good but a lot of people out there say magnesium mm -hmm. magnesium will actually make the problem worse because it displaces calcium in our soils so magnesium sulfate is not necessarily a cure for blossom end rot, and there's certain types of nitrogen that can make it worse too. So you want to use a good fertilizer program for tomatoes that includes calcium nitrate. Make sure you have adequate calcium there, and also good watering system so you can transfer that calcium to the plant. Now, I'm going to do some research in the next year because I got a, I got this little thing that's tells me we may be missing something on blossom end rot. This is what my gut tells me, and I've got to prove this, so this is just a this is just a theory here. I think the organic matter in your soil is going to make a big difference on the transfer of that calcium. A lot of times we're seeing people put calcium in the soils and they're not able to get it into the plant even though they're watering right because of the exchange. I think there is something to have said about organic matter in there being able to make that available to the plant. Now we use a lot of good compost mm -hmm. and that's made a huge difference on our part. But I understand everybody out there can't, don't have access to that. There is a product out there called biochar that I'm going to do some work with as far as putting into the soil of the tomato plant and see if it has an effect on helping making that calcium more available to the plant there. Biochar basically is just a big old sponge. Mm -hmm. So I think there's something missing there with our soils as far as the, the 
the organic and it could be as simple as some type of one of the uh, fubic acids or humic acids but there's something that's causing this issue there and I think we need to do more work on the blossoming rot. I will tell you this on blossoming rot, make sure you don't get false information because there's a lot of it out there that's not good. Get good information there and you can conquer it. Now, you, I'm not going to say you're not going to have some, but you can conquer blossoming rot. Alright, you want to get that tomato ready and... I want to eat some more of these green tomatoes. Is what I'll talk about now. prevention. Okay. Number one, purchase disease resistant seeds and plants. Yeah, now one thing I will say on that. Right here, kill it in that thing. Okay. Right? Not all seeds out there are tested for viruses. Some are and some are not. So when we have, and I'm going to look here, up front, not all our seeds are tested for viruses. When we have the opportunity to, to buy seeds that are tested for viruses, we do. They cost more, but we do that uh, anytime we have the opportunity to do that. I don't know if other seed companies do that or not, but I can tell you that your cheap seeds that you buy from the cheap man are not tested for viruses. So there is a big difference in the, uh, the quality of the seeds. Do you know people are cringing right now? Because I peeled that. Because you peeled that tomato. <clears throat> Are you a peel or no peel? Hmm. Good question. I'm a peeler. Yeah, you are a peeler. Um, we always peeled them growing up, but you know, a lot of people, that really offends them. Yep. You are a peeler. Um, adequate space in between your plants for mm -hmm. airflow. Airflow. Well-drained soil. Mm -hmm. Plant on drip irrigation. Yep. Crop rotation, crop rotation, crop rotation. I I would say three to five years on tomatoes. If you can do more than that, you need to slice on each one of these. If you can do more than that, I think it's better. I would do that. Would be my minimum. Fertilization schedule. Yeah. So Hoss University, we got that nice fertilizer schedule on there. I'm having trouble here. Just do a slice, not a chunk. You already messed it up. I already messed it up. We're gonna have to do this right here. Cover crop. Yep, cover crops help break those cycles of those diseases. The cover crops is good. Uh, any of the good winter cover crops to come above that for your tomatoes is a great idea. Things such as rye are notorious for cleaning the soil with diseases. Well, might. Um, remove those disease crops. Yep, just as soon as they're over with. Now, we get lazy sometimes when it's hot around here. And we leave those crops around longer than we should. Hey, I've been guilty of it too. But just as soon as those tomatoes are quick producing, you're not getting anything off of them, get them out of there and get those, uh, get those effective vines, all that disease, out of the way. Put them in the compost piano somewhere. My tomatoes falling apart. <laughs> Now we have to say here, I don't know what is what. No, he this is he has no idea. We have the plates numbered and we have the um main <coughs> number. We'll have to I, some of your water. You wanna drink by me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Alright, so Well we gotta put some salt on there. You can't okay. have well, I wanna get them in order. Okay. You be getting them in order and I'm gonna salt them up. We've got to have some salt. Now I'm not a huge pepper fan, she is, but I can do Oops. With or without pepper. I love me some pepper. Six. Now I know one of them is not my dukes because it's a colored mayonnaise. Yeah. 
Okay, that's number one. Okay. So we're going to go through all these, and I'm going to give my impression of each one, and then we're going to come back, and I'm going to guess you're going which to, one. You're going to guess which? You, okay. You're not going to guess, because you are an expert on dupes. Mm, little jabber. Okay, number one. That's not dupes. That's way too sweet. So that's not it. That's not even mayonnaise. Okay, number one's not it. I don't know what that is, but that ain't even mayonnaise. That's not even close. That's like... That was not good. <laughs> Number two. Oh, you wash your, cleanse your palate. Cleanse my palate. I hope you ain't really messing with me here. <laughs> right, Number two. You don't have to eat all of it now. You got mm -hmm. to eat. That's mayonnaise. Think maybe a yellow? That's pretty good. Okay, we'll leave that one turn over. Okay. Number three. Number three. I don't have a lot of tomato here, but I'm gonna get a lot of mayonnaise. I hope it's mayonnaise. It's mayonnaise. It's okay. Which is better, two? Two, two's better. Okay, so we're gonna rule that one out. All right, number four. I'm glad I hadn't eaten uh, supper yet. Dinner. Dinner. Lunch. Number four. <laughs> That's not it. Oh yeah. Here, don't waste it. I'm not wasting more. <laughs> Number five. Number five. All right. I think I got it narrowed down. That's not it. Number six. Number six. We know this is not <laughs> it, but I'm going to eat it anyway. Is this coming out of mustard or something else? It's a new, um... Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> that, what do you know me there, do we have out of paper towel? I think number two is it. Okay. Number three. Not yet. Number five. Not it. Nope. Number four. Nope. Nope. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Yeah, I It's new. That. It's new, all right. Number six. <clears throat> That's pretty hot, too. Oh, we're down in Miracle Whip. I feel comfortable, comfortable. I'm fairly comfortable. I went with this one. Number one. And the oh. last one. I can't believe this. Is number two. I knew it. You did it. I knew it. It, a, yeah. it, really, it really had a lot of different flavor to it. Now, I'm going to tell you, this is probably the nearest nothing that's ever been made in mankind in my book right here. Miracle Whip. Whoever come up with that art to be chained and 
chastised. All right, man. What about old goat? Old goat, yeah. Okay, so last week we didn't have a show. So this is actually from the previous week. Well, tell everybody about the old goat. Old goat. So there's an old goat. It's an old goat figurine somewhere on the set. And if you find the old goat, put in the comments where you find it. And then we will draw for a hat or shirt. Coveted, coveted horse merchandise. Coveted merchandise. Yep. You ready? Let me mm -hmm. do it or you want to do it? I'll do it. Okay. Man, it gets a bit hot and spicy. Oh, I knew we were gonna draw his name because I can't pronounce it. Randy. Serpentine. <laughs> See. Anyway, let me show it on the screen. Randy, send us your shipping address to customer serve dot. CustomerServeAtHostools.com. Yep. And we'll get you a prize. Yep. Corny joke. Yep. I think I may have used this one before. Okay. I'll probably forget it, so it's okay. <clears throat> what did the What did the daddy tomato say to the baby tomato? Ketchup. That's I think good. I have used that before. I'm a gift of it. Still good. One. <laughs> All right, folks. Now you know Duke's mayonnaise. No doubt about no it. No doubt about it. Peel or no peel? Let us know in the comments below. I've eaten tomato sandwiches at least once a day the last few days. We're just enjoying tomatoes. And if you've never grown tomatoes before, I would highly encourage you to do this a rewarding endeavor. I can promise you. We love them. We keep a table full at the house. We tell family and friends, just come by and get some tomatoes on that table. We enjoy giving our, our tomatoes away. And uh, there's a lot of people planting a fall crop this time. We've had a lot of people talk about they're going to plant a fall crop. And we're going to cover that next, next week. Next week, we're going to cover that. Yep. All right, folks. Thank you for joining. Now it's time for you to get out there and get dirty. Mm -hmm.